0: Barbecues are passion, and that's just what you'll get Where the can Burns is a barbecuer Tales from the Pits
1: Hey you, out there on your own Always doing what you're told Can you help me? Oh wait, that's the wrong podcast Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits This is Brian And Andrew and this is Questions and Answers.
0: Yep, we asked on Instagram, and you guys provided a bunch of questions. Um, some were pretty amusing. Some were not even really questions. Uh, apparently, you guys wanna know a lot about pork steak. We don't talk <laughs> enough <laughs> about pork steak on this show. We've Welcome only done- Pork Steak Podcast. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we've only done like 8,000 minutes on pork steak. But hey, we, we will never get tired of talking about pork steak. We do not have pork steak fatigue. Not yet. Not yet. Um, it is also not $24 a pound, so that helps with <laughs> yes. it. Um, but yeah, we, we got some pretty good questions and uh, going to try to give as in-depth answers as we can on as many of them as we can. And uh, any that we don't get to this time, we'll try to get to on the next Q&A episode that we do. So let's start in spirit of, you know, coming into the new year, that sort of thing. Let's talk a little bit about what we're most excited to eat at in 2020.
1: right off the bat yeah well
0: I'm gonna say the
1: same thing a lot of people have been saying Goldie's 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 Goldies. I mean we were actually really excited to eat there in 2019 right but but we understand absolutely how things go when you're building a new building um, or retrofitting an old building as it is Uh, but that that is probably one of the ones Um, I think uh, there's a couple of others uh, maybe in the Fort Worth area still you want to talk about any of those
0: Yeah, there's places we haven't gotten to still in the Fort Worth area. Um, Hurtado barbecue we've not gotten to yet, um, but we we do plan on getting there hopefully early in the new year. Um, Definitely want to try to get to Derek Allen's in the new year as well. Um, There's just the growth of barbecue and it's just crazy. I mean, there's places, again, we're still excited to get back to that we haven't eaten at enough. Um, I, we haven't planned it yet, but we, we definitely want to try to get out to the West Texas Marfa area. I was about to say, that's another Yes, uh, that Brick Vault uh, and Convenience West definitely on Desert our list. Oak.
1: So, yeah. luckily, my my uh, daughter, son in law, and grandkids they're moving out to El Paso in 2020. So
0: Desert Oak, uh,
1: Desert Oak will be yeah. one of the ones that I get to hit. Yeah,
0: I definitely want to get over there. Uh, not not to see your family. No offense, your family. I want to eat, <laughs> eat the food. But, <laughs> but yes, uh, there there are yes. quite a few places still on our list that we're you know we're really excited to get to and and of course there's gonna be more that pops up over the you know the next year that literally yeah literally and you know and otherwise um I want to get back to Koi Barbecue. We we got yes. there early on, their early pop up stages. But I I really do want to get back and, and eat there. I've been seeing and hearing some really good things about what I mean, they're there's doing.
1: Several Houston places, Los Mortos. Yes, Los uh, Mortos. There's several Haiti. on our list we need to get back to. Yeah,
0: and so yeah, we're. we're I'd like
1: to see West again over yeah. at Cypress Trail.
0: So so there's a, there's a long list of places that we want to get back out to, uh, and or get to in the new year, and those, those are just a few of them, and. Uh, Moving on to the next question, and we promised not to spend too much time on this, but again, I'm not kidding when I tell you probably 25% of the questions we got were about pork steak. Mm. So, um, someone wanted some pork steak tips. T- easy for me to say. Pork steak tricks and tips.
1: Sure, so I'm gonna start with getting your meat. So, um, one of the things that I love absolutely about pork steak is that it goes on sale for a dollar a pound. I don't know if that's gonna continue, there's a lot of, of speculation uh, And when the you say pork,
0: pork steak, you mean the pork butts pork that butt, you yeah. make steaks out of. Yeah, you start of, with yeah. just a
1: pork butt. You right. don't start with any other kind right. of meat. Um, but the, the key to a pork steak, there's two keys, and the primary one is, needs to be thick. Um, you know, there are places that will sell very thin pork steaks, no. That is not what we're talking about. Um, you want a thick pork steak because you want to hit it with high heat. You want to get kind of that bacony outer crust texture. Um, and that flavor and you want to kind of sear it in the middle. Um, in order to do that, you need at least an inch and a half to two inches thick. Now, how are you going to cut it? Because it's got a bone in there. Um, there's a, a couple of things. Many HEBs will have a butcher and they will slice it for you at no charge. Um, you do have to ask nicely. Um, however, my HEB, local one, they started to kind of hide the butcher in the back and he's harder to get to. Um, they're promoting their seafood counter. so. Um, I went a step further, so I went and bought a meat saw. And while I would like the power one, I bought a hand one. Um, it cost like twenty-six dollars, I think, on Amazon. It really wasn't that expensive. Um, what you do is you do need to to get a, put it in the freezer for a little bit of time to uh, get that not the saw the poor steak uh, <laughs> the, the butt. You put it in the freezer for a little bit of time, and then that way you can cut it. You got to be very careful because these. These things are incredibly sharp. You don't want to slice off a thumb and have it rolling across the table. Uh, So you need to be very careful when you do this. Uh, But I I can post a link to that. Um, Like I said, or find your local friendly butcher. Um, in some cases, you can find a boneless pork butt as well.
0: Yeah, or and, and or you can go to meat markets and have them cut there, and or they may be selling them there, but you, gen, you generally will pay more prices at a meat market than you would at your local grocery store, so take that into account. Yeah,
1: you've got to have it thick. It, it's the way to do it.
0: Yeah, and so over coals.
1: Yep. direct heat, so you do not do these in an offset smoker. Um, if you've got a rack over top of your firebox, so... Um, I have an Old Country Pecos smoker. It's a small one. I've also got some bigger ones, but um, it's what, anyway. Uh, (laughs) So I've also got a couple of different pits, but you need that direct heat. You need to be able to have the fat and the juices drop into the coals, and you need to have that hot searing temperature from the coals. only takes a couple of hours to cook these suckers, even at two inches thick. Um, You want to flip them a few times, um, but you want that nice.
0: What's the magic temperature?
1: Well, there really isn't one. So I
0: I um, no, no magic temperature, but everything has to have a magic
1: everything temperature. Everything has a magic 225, 275, whatever. What you, but what you want is you want to make sure that you get that sear on the outside and kind of uh, get it seared in there. You don't want to do a low and slow on these things. I I run a, a pretty hot temperature on there.
0: So there you go. There are some tips and tricks about pork steak. So you guys asked, we answered. Oh, well,
1: one, one other thing, oh, I guess. Yeah, right. You know, because you know, we like to do things out of sequence like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about seasoning. Okay. Um, you know, so wow. seasoning for me is in the rub that you made before, it's it's a cross between a pork rub and your brisket rub. So for me, it's equal parts of, of a salt and pepper rub with equal parts of a rib rub. You want a little bit of sweetness in there, but you want that salt and pepper like a steak. Um, and that, that works really well. And I tend to season mine... And let it sit on there for at least three to four hours before I put it on the pit. In the fridge, health, safe temperature.
0: Alright, well there you have it guys. Um, next question. What is the next trend in barbecue? Vegan
1: barbecue.
0: I don't think so. Um, yes, there is vegan barbecue, but I don't see it becoming a trend. Uh, more of a niche market. Um, one thing, and it's, it's something that's already... Going on. Well, I was going to say
1: we're not allowed to say whole hog we're not allowed to say
0: Tex-Mex. Asian
1: and we're not allowed to say Tex-Mex well, so no
0: I, st- I still think Asian is something that's it's some room to grow it's there but I yeah. think it's going to grow even more over the next year or two even uh, as people keep trying to expand on what barbecue is and can be uh, I do think you're going to see I mean I, we talked last year about direct heat cooking and, and you've definitely seen more of that and I think you'll continue to but with that direct heat cooking uh, Korean barbecue, I think, plays really well. I mean, Korean barbecue is direct heat, char- charcoal, cooking, and I think that would lend itself well to a blend with Texas barbecue items, and I think you could see more of that. Uh, I personally would welcome it when done yeah, well. I would well,
1: disagree, yeah. Um, I, and I
0: think direct heat in
1: general, what we're seeing is a lot of pitmasters and restaurants are getting another pit, and they're getting a direct heat style pit. Um, to kind of open up the game. You can do burgers. You've seen several restaurants doing burgers now um, and some great, great burgers. Um, I think burgers and, of course, pork steaks and uh, other things that you can do on direct heat. There's a lot you can do, regular steaks and have a steak night. Um, but I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, my prediction for next year, Other, I think that's going to be a big one. I, I think, to your point, Asian influence, I think direct heat. Uh, but I'm going to throw out some wild and exotic game. I think that that's going to continue... You know, people are going to try to differentiate themselves and get out of the standard Texas Trinity, and um, it's not going to be exotic cuts of meat. I think it's going to be exotic animals.
0: If, if we have any influence on in the barbecue world, I want the new trend to be $10 brisket. <laughs> well, you, you'll
1: get your answer in two ways. No and no. Um,
0: <laughs> because,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, look, okay, it's time to get on our little soapboxes. <laughs> Millennials you don't know what that is it's okay um, even I never got on a soapbox I don't know what the soapbox is but anyway um, look we understand profit margins and all of that and this is not anything against restaurant owners but brisket especially is just it's out of control price wise and again we're not saying you're being greedy and overpricing your brisket we're just saying it's become an incredibly expensive cut of meat just like chicken wings are um, they've gotten out of control, and that's a whole different podcast. But it, it, we understand, and so it's another reason why we really have been hyping up pork steaks because you can you can sell pork steaks at a reasonable cost, and it, when it's done well, it, it's a really great cut of meat. So, you know, unfortunately, I think a trend is
0: going to be continued increase prices in in brisket. It is, and honestly. Like- Pork is wonderful, like, and pork products, there's, again, lower cost involved for both the restaurant and for the consumer, and so I welcome any creativity that comes along with a pork product, whether that be a pork steak, whole hog, what have you. And and chicken, too. And chicken as well, but I know there are challenges that come along with chicken where it comes to holding and and things like that, so I mean, I understand it, and it's, you know, especially it's not a, chicken does not do super well on on just a slow smoke, um, right. it does a lot better on direct heat, for that matter. But uh, but yes, we're and I've trying seen
1: beef shanks in a couple of places. Right, now, but even and,
0: be, know, I mean the cost of beef, period, whether it's a brisket the problem, or, yeah. or another cost, it's there's, still expensive. And there's a,
1: there's a genuine concern. I mean, uh, for people that, that try to watch the global markets, um, China has a, has had to call massive amounts of pork because of uh, swine flu, and, um, and their 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 prices have more than doubled. Uh, I don't know if you watch the market at all, but um, it, it's in, it's absolutely crazy what's happening to pork prices in China, and there's a good chance that not because of necessarily because of the the, the swine flu, but because of markets and how things operate. Um, you know, we don't know what's happening with tariffs, but there's there's a really good chance that 2020 could just obliterate the pork market here in the U.S. and it's have the prices skyrocket there too.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll see. You know that there's. The- there's scares like that that happen all the time. Some of them come to fruition, some not as much. I hope not. Hopefully not. You know, we'll we'll just have to see what happens with the market. But but as of right now, like I would welcome creativity among pork products because it is a little more palatable for the consumer from a price standpoint. And, um, yes, if you want your brisket, you're going to have to pay for it these days, folks. It's not a cheap cut of meat anymore, and it's not cheap cut of meat for the for the them as the business owners or for you as the consumer. So what I'd like to see from
1: from restaurants is um, moving back into choice um, and I know some do um, some that serve prime normally when it when it, when it fluctuates so much they they have to substitute choice um, I'd like to see a little more of that just because it'll bring the price down you know it's, it's gotten crazy and I know a lot of places do Wagyu or, or different variations of what are considered Wagyu style I you know I'm sorry I, I have a hard time paying 24 and 25 dollars a pound for brisket I really do
0: yeah it's getting tough Um, Which kind of brings us to our our next question is a pork question Um, and that's what is our favorite pork rib glaze and that also ties into some things that we've talked about with direct heat barbecue is we I mean I still enjoy different styles of pork rib but I've gotten both of us have really gotten into some direct heat cooked pork ribs um, that we've talked about it we won't go into it again in depth but uh, City Market Luling we've had some amazing direct heat pork ribs on where they finish and we've had some very mediocre ones yes I mean it's it's a tricky thing it's kind of like hot and fast brisket you know there's it's less forgiving
1: all direct heat foods are much harder to hold yes
0: absolutely Um, so Yes, we've gotten a little away from the glazes lately because we really have enjoyed direct heat ribs and well, shout out to diabetic Br- inducing <laughs> some of them are yeah. shout out to Brian Furman at the, at the Robert Lerma party oh my oh goodness um, when we've had Brian's ribs at Beast Cracklin before when we, when we went and they were extremely good then but what he was doing at, at Robert's uh, get-together was that they were smoked but then he was finishing them direct and
1: kind of like searing a steak but not uh, yes. quite that extreme
0: yeah, yeah. Not, not, not quite that intense and not directly onto the coals but oh my gosh the texture and the bark on those ribs was just phenomenal I I no joke I probably ate at least half a rack of those ribs at and that part and of
1: course his uh, Georgia peach mustard sauce yes uh, you know
0: but but honestly even without the sauce they were phenomenal right. yes. I mean the sauce is great it's one of my favorites but but just eating that, that crusty bark and that's well-developed bark. I, gosh, it was just so good and so simple and, and clean and I just loved it. And so to answer the question, yes, we, we do still like glaze ribs. We, we've seen a trend among pork ribs the last couple of years that have skewed much more to the sweeter side of a glaze, which personally just gets to be a little much for me.
1: Especially if you're eating you know more than one. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that trend came from competition barbecue. Yeah. Um, and and if you're going to if you're looking for a glaze to use and you want that, I think Texas Rib Candy is probably one of the best and easiest ones to use. Yeah,
0: but but just be careful because it is very sweet. Right. And so yes, you can do that. I mean, personally my favorite type of glaze is just having a little bit of sauce cooked onto it towards the end of the cooking process. And that can be a sauce that you make. You got to have your favorite sauce. I would say go personally I if you're going to go with a just a pure sauce glaze, I would go with a sauce that doesn't have a ton of sugars in it because you don't want them caramelizing on onto the rib itself, especially if you're finishing the meat side down a little bit. Also, um, you don't want a super thick sauce because super thick sauce is not going to cook very well onto the ribs. It's going to come. You're going to. I think
1: super thick sauce is the name of a band from the eighties. Probably,
0: but yes, it's that will that will create kind of a gloopy mess and really destroy your bark. So gloopy
1: you, you, mess was their first album.
0: <laughs> so yes, you want a little bit of a, a thinner sauce if you will, um, but that's that's my personal favorite, is just to kind of put a little bit of sauce on, on the ribs as I'm cooking them, mostly towards the finish, maybe the last 30 minutes or so of the cook, and, uh, but other than that, yes, we, we really have gotten very deep into the direct heat pork ribs and we are extremely big fans of them while understanding the difficulties and the challenges of holding them for yeah, service. We, we
1: don't expect most barbecue restaurants that, that serve to be able to do that because they have to essentially come right off of the pits in and onto the consumer's plates and it's just incredibly hard to manage that right Uh,
0: this next question might be my favorite one that we got on this round of questions and this comes from someone that used to work in the barbecue i won't i don't know if he wants to remain anonymous so i won't uh, out out him on this but someone that did work has worked at some really reputable joints Um, he asked would you say there are too many places in texas trying to be central texas style barbecue brian yes yes (laughs) yes I, I agree. <laughs> so you
1: used you came up with I don't know you maybe you invented it maybe somebody else invented it and you stole it but you used the word like the Franklin blueprint um and kind of like the Franklin Lewis blueprint and it's a great blueprint it produces a great product um you know and we're not saying you're going to cook exactly like that style or exactly like that level but that style and that includes uh these days it includes the sweeter tweak on the ribs um I, I've, I've gotten fatigue on it and it's and it's a great thing to have this problem where there's there used to be you know ten years ago there was literally just a handful of restaurants that were doing great barbecue and now every city has a handful of restaurants doing great barbecue right
0: but but you know again as, as you said part of the problem with that is they're doing mostly the same great barbecue whereas we, we like to see more of the variation because Again, it, it, yes, if you're the casual consumer and you're going to go to eat barbecue three times a year, then yeah, obviously it doesn't matter if you're eating the exact same type of barbecue or even the exact same place for that matter. But if you're a barbecue fan, which if you're listening to the show, I, we assume you are, if you're a barbecue fan that really seeks this stuff out, you want to have those you know, differences. And you know, we, it's a place we talk about a lot because I, I really have a lot of respect for the stamp that they've put on the barbecue world is Tejas is they've found their niche of signature items, and they have as many signature items as any place in barbecue these days that you know is different from what you're going to get at place A or B. It's unique to them, and, and it really helps put their stamp on the barbecue world, you know, and so those are the things that I enjoy. I mean, yes, most places are going to at least stick to some of the roots of Central Texas style, whether that's the style of cooking or even the style of sausage making, but when you're able to to get that foundation and then kind of make it your own and uh, Leroy and lewis does a really good job of that and they they don't just do central texas they do direct heat and other things like that too but once you've started to, to to get that foundation of those basics down you know and then and then sort of put your spin on it that to me that's exciting
1: Yeah, the least the least exciting thing for me is an absolutely impeccable plate of texas trinity with average sides and nothing else. I mean, it, it can be the perfect plate. It can literally be, you know, the best of the best. And it just doesn't excite me that much anymore. I'm looking for, you know, a place that's got a creative sausage or a boudin or a side or or a different cut of meat or a different technique in the meat that stands out and especially something that stands out to their own. You know, and two M is a good example where Um, They've got a sausage that's unique, you know, you've got other restaurants that are doing some unique sides, and um, it's not just about the sides, but, um, you know, again, we hate to say it this way, but there's a lot of places producing absolutely top-level brisket and ribs, and they're all very similar, too.
0: Yes, so so the the short answer to that question is, yes, there are too many places just doing straight Central Texas-style barbecue, in our opinion, and again get that foundation down if that's the route you want to go but but we strongly encourage and hope that as you you know as a business grows that they start to not just be another place doing the same exact thing and uh, it's it's fun for nerds like us maybe we're just selfish like that but yeah, i
1: mean like a really enjoyable trip this year was when uh, regals did their whole hog and and we had the brunswick stew the hash and the whole hog right and we didn't have any brisket at all right you know yeah. that was that was a it was a great meal and you know it, i like stuff like that it's just fun
0: yeah no it absolutely is and so we we hope to keep seeing more stuff like that not necessarily just whole hog but just more of those things where you're you're putting a different spin on on the every day
1: not that there's anything wrong with the whole hog. <laughs> <laughs> no we, we fully we, welcome we, more whole we hog don't too. have whole hog fatigue yet either, but <laughs> But it, it is also something that's a very uh, difficult thing for restaurants to cook because of, you, you do need a, a special hog cooker. Um, there's very few people. Um, I will say Feejus is one that does a, a great job at it without having to have an outdoor hog cooker specific for the purpose. But Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good one, too. But just, you know, do things that are your own. Find, find sides that you grew up with right. or sides that other people have brought to you, you know, and, and do something on your own. Don't. Don't have a restaurant that's like a a greatest hits of all the different barbecue restaurants. Right, and
0: and I have to give kudos and also curses to Patrick Feeges because Patrick's really the one that started us on our whole hog fixation thing. We first became curious about it just by eating his, because you know for the longest time in, in Houston especially, and even in Texas, Patrick was one of the very few people cooking it on any sort of regular basis and it he really wasn't got,
1: the first person to cook a whole oh, hog oh, right state oh, I, I, of Texas we get it everybody. Uh, right Correct. yeah I mean yeah I'm sure, <laughs> sure there's
0: someone that did in you know 1846 but yeah. but yes yeah Patrick was really one of the first wave of, of people cooking whole hog and his hog was so good it really got us interested in what it could be and was one of the inspirations for our trip and since then as most of you know we've gotten really enthralled with it and uh, a little just a little just a little but uh next question and um I I will say this question was a typo. Um, I I know this because... But I I
1: think it's a Freudian typo.
0: Yes, I think so too, Uh, and I know this because I married the person that asked it. Uh, (laughs) The question is, how much money have you tools, which she meant to say fools, but both work, how how much money have you tools spent on barbecue this year?
1: Well, you know, one thing is, um, it is less money than I've spent on tools this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: we did the math, we don't have the exact number because we didn't start keeping full track until May of this year. Um, but based on our calculations, we spent approximately $7,000 on barbecue meals this year. That's not counting gas, travel, lodging, anything else. That is just barbecue meals. So yeah. in the interest of full disclosure, we pay for the vast majority of the food that we right, get. That,
1: that 7,000 includes any like free passes we've gotten to festivals or things like that. Uh, we have paid for some festivals. It's not like we get every festival for free. But, right. Um, that, that calculation is money that literally comes out of our pockets and into the, the small businesses.
0: Yes. And and so, again, we, we try to have... We, we're not special. We, we try to have the real customer experience. We try to pay for our food and not go and, and act like we're some big media, whatever. Well, big,
1: in fact, that we're heavy. Yes.
0: Yes. Exactly. So, yeah. There's that answer, which is going to shock the person that asked it. Um, but you asked. So. There you go. Um, next question. Favorite non-Trinity items in Texas barbecue?
1: Hmm. So I can't say the sausage at certain places. No, that's Trinity. Um, I, and you're, I know you're going to use the same one. And you can't say pork
0: steak on... just because I'm tired of you saying yeah, pork steak. <laughs>
1: Hopefully other people are too. Um, we're we're going to treat people. We're just going to wind up doing like a pork steak cook somewhere and give them away because... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of people that need to try it, but um, hmm, I I know where you're going to go. Whole hog is definitely one that I I enjoy quite a bit, but it's still not just like the most amazing thing. Um, And I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw this out there because um, Arnis Robbins has cooked some incredible steaks this year. And I know it's maybe not technically barbecue, but... He smokes them and then he sears them directly onto the coals, not over the coals, on the coals, and and that has just been a stunning bite. Um, and at the same event that I, I had it, I, I had it more than once. But at one of the events I had it, um, I also want to say that um, the oysters that Reed Guessing crew did, the smoked oysters, um, were were phenomenal too. Those are two of the big ones I think.
0: Yeah, uh, Reed um, at almost every single one of these events that, that Reed and the guest crew do, they, they come with something just ridiculously good. I'm I'm actually thinking on the fly here, I'm going to say something that you probably wouldn't expect. Um, recently, uh, our buddy Chris Wood from Primacy Meat Company was in town and he's eaten a good amount of barbecue across the state on his trips here, but he hasn't really done much DFW barbecue yet. So we, uh, we decided to do, um, Brian was actually traveling, wasn't able to go, but we, we traveled to Dallas, and we did Cadillac and Bodacious, and one item that I didn't expect to love like I did, the Frito Pie at Cadillac, which is made with this pit chili that Todd David makes, was just ridiculously good. I mean, on a tray that had amazing brisket and sausages and everything, you know, everything else Cadillac does so well... On it, yeah, Akoshi barbecue,
1: the, the, Akoshi brisket, it's the, 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 really the top level stuff. The, yes, and
0: and the frito pie was probably my favorite thing I ate there that day, and that it was just it was so dang good. The chili was had so much flavor to it, and it you know it wasn't a thin chili; it was a really meaty, almost, almost like a gravy sort of chili. I mean, it was just so good, and I'm still thinking about it. So Maybe that is chili
1: was another track on that album.
0: <laughs> so yes, that that would be something I would put on there. Um, one one will go through quickly. Um, recommended budget smokers under a thousand dollars. So we've talked about the Old Country Pecos a thousand times. We still think that's a, a really good little starter pit. If you're just and and I want
1: to. Uh, and yes, so I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say this. Yes, we've talked about a thousand times. At 400 bucks, it's a steal. You can actually get the cover for it for thirty dollars, so you can keep it outside without it rusting. You know, it's not a super thick pit, um, but what I've been using it for, can I say it? It, you know, it has a grill on the firebox side it has a grill that can go over the firebox so you can do direct heat burgers and whatnot so i've been doing i've been doing pork steaks on that little sucker too so um it's a very versatile pit for a small size yes Um,
0: that said if if you're looking to go up a little bit from the from you know from not just the sporting goods store style smoker reach out to i mean uh, brad brad robinson chud chud pits he's doing some really cool stuff um Prices are obviously subject to change, you know, as steel prices okay, they're just change. A little and bit over a thousand bucks. Right. Yeah. His backyard pits are very affordable, uh, and I know some of these backyard pits that some of the other pit builders are putting out are great pits, but they're on the, they are on the more expensive side. Um, but Brad's are, are are very affordable, maybe a little over you know an under thousand dollar price point, but they are really good pits, and and again, you're getting it built by somebody who cooks barbecue for a living um and so he, he he gets the functionality needed for these pits and so
1: and we're gonna plug the chug box yes um, the chug again, box it's, it's over, over a thousand bucks but um you know what you get for the price um is, is pretty amazing you have to take care of these things you can't just burn the crap out of them um you do need to season them you need to oil them you need to keep right. them covered uh, because they are unpainted but uh, the chug box is an incredible value um, it allows you to do a lot of direct heat cooking um and you know, if you can upgrade it and put it on casters, um, you can roll it around on your patio. Uh, but I see a lot of use out of this over the next year. Yeah,
0: oh yeah, we're, we're, we've got some plans already. Um, there's gonna be some more cooking going on. So, so reach
1: out, that's Bradley Robinson, Chud's yeah, Barbecue. Yeah. Um, go tell Chud, we sent you, please. Um, and we, we did, uh, Andrew bought his pit, and I'm thinking about getting one of my own because um, I direct heat is just so fun.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, next question, and this is not something we have and or will do the math on, but someone asked our, how many miles have traveled in 2019. I can tell you how many miles my car has
1: in it. <laughs> um, I bought this particular car in 2017 in November. Um, so I'm just over two years into this. And yes, I have a, another life and I do drive to casinos and crap like that. Um, but I also have five cars. Um, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's I, not. No, I don't own. He five might cars. even be forgetting one or two. <laughs> well, that's well, yeah, well. I sold. I sold at least. <laughs> All one right. This year. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So I've. I just. I actually hit. Uh, almost, I had over forty-five thousand miles on this car in two years, um, and Andrew, you're splitting the duty between two cars. Um, yeah. You probably hit the same in two years. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, we, we travel a lot of miles, guys. I mean, we we travel. I would say, just if I was going to ballpark it, I would say we travel maybe. Fifty to sixty thousand miles a year for barbecue. I think, well, like I said, if we yeah. each did forty-five, yeah. yeah,
1: plus multiple cars, right? And blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I would say yeah. so, somewhere in that range. Um, we're, we're probably in there, um, give or take. But yes, a lot of miles, a lot of fun. But it's it is work sometimes, but we still like it. Yeah, uh, I mean
1: our weekends are full, and we appreciate our wives for allowing us this this silly they, endeavor because we we both have more than full-time jobs. We can't get out very much. You you get to get out for lunch sometimes, but that's within a five mile radius. Right. Um, so we don't get to do a lot of the the barbecue trips unless we're taking and burning vacation time. Yeah. Um, which we which we did. Yeah, which um, we did, and yeah. we
0: will do more of. But yes, we uh, we have very extremely understanding families that. I have, don't know how long they will be. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they, you know, we might get home from one of these trips and our shits on the lawn, but.
1: No, no, no. That's the other episode. <laughs>
0: But anyway, um, yes. so a lot of miles and a lot of time. And, again, we do this because we love it, you know. We're having a great time. There's really no other freaking reason we do it. Um, It's it's certainly not for the money because we We have have already spent more money than we will ever make for this show. (laughs) But anyway, uh, two more questions and we'll wrap it up. One is... Any place where we've gone to where he haven't been welcome and/or been blown off by the pitmaster? No, no, and and there's a big reason for that, and we'll get into it oh, a little and, bit.
1: And again, it depends on how you define that. So, number one, we don't expect to be treated like anything special when we go to a restaurant. So, we don't go to a restaurant and say. Knock knock. We're tales from the pits, and you know we want some free food, and we want you to give us a tour of the restaurant, and we want this and we want that. Um, we go and eat barbecue. Right.
0: I, I try to be extremely respectful of all these places that I go to, and Brian does as well. Even if it's places that we've been to fifty times, and we're and we're friends with the people there.
1: We don't. One just... thing that drives me crazy, you know, I, I see other people like when a restaurant opens for business is is trying to jam a microphone in their face or take pictures or walk back in the pit room right and it, it's one of the when we do when we do set up interviews our interviews are before or after they open um you know at, at festivals and things we yeah try to make or sure we or or we, arran- we
0: specifically arrange a time that is convenient for them to do it uh, you know we, we try to be as, as respectful as we can and, and again we, we don't ever go to a place expecting some sort of treatment so Th- the yeah, odds if
1: of is too busy for us that, that's perfectly fine uh, and acceptable, absolutely yeah you know, i mean because I- we're not expecting them to to take time out of their business of course you know and um there's there's been a couple of different uh people in the industry of various things that you know we've had a hard time syncing up with um but we've never had anybody outright dodges right um or blow us off in that aspect uh we've had people that are nervous to get on because um they don't want to necessarily talk and it's not because uh us or anything a lot of times it's just because they're afraid of how they'll come across um, I won't name names but there's a gentleman that we've we've tried to get on a couple times and <laughs> he's so afraid of being on the mic um, but you know we've we've been very lucky and very appreciative um, you know from all all sides of the industry we've been able to get people on the show and to us I mean just absolute stars in the, in the business and so um, I don't think anybody we've ever asked has blown us off
0: um, no I mean you know, the, like I said we we, we try to be as respectful of people's time as we can. And it's, it's part of the reason we have our rule that we have of we would never ask someone to be on our show whose food we haven't eaten because we just think from a respect standpoint that we, we should pay them at least that respect of eating and paying for a meal at their place before we ask for their time. Um, but we, we try to maintain that, that professional relationship. You know, there, there are it's not to say there aren't people in the industry we're friends with. We do have friends in the industry. But even those people I, I would never presume that they just want to drop what they're doing and talk to us. You know, and so we, we do try to be cognizant of people's times and people's schedules and and yeah, and so if you're if you're respectful, you usually get respect back. So yes, we we have not been blown off, but we try to also put ourselves in a position where no one would want to blow us off, you know, by, by being, you know, professional and respectful when the you know, need arises. So Last question, and like, we're not going to go in as in-depth in the, as this question may ask, but we'll go into it a little bit. Who do you think will be represented on the next top 50 list? So, I want you to put them in order, one to 50. <laughs> well, we
1: actually do that before the list comes out and we bet on it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You were pretty darn close. I know when the top 25 came out, I think you had 24? Uh, 23. I yeah,
0: 23, 23 yeah, out of the 20. 23 <laughs> out of the 25. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we we, we, we nerd out on a lot of that kind of stuff. It's fun for us. But.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we had an episode, our, uh, our return to South Texas episode. Yes. probably I, I don't know the exact number, but um, a few episodes back. If you listen to that, we go into a lot of detail about what we think is kind of going to happen and some of the problems with the list. There's there's definitely more than 50 places today that would have made the list if it was 2017. So it means that there's going to be some very quality places that don't make the list for reasons that um, not everybody may understand we're not really going to get into all those details, but um, it'll be a very interesting list. And, uh, we, you know, there's still places that have time to open between now and that list as well.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, it's going to be a really fun list. I mean, again, lists are what they are. Take them at their value. But we, we have a lot of fun with it. The Texas Monthly List is a big deal for a lot of these businesses. It does help these businesses. And so, you know, it is a goal for a lot of them. And, you know, when it, when you don't make it or maybe you don't make it as high as you think you should on the list or this, that, I mean, yeah, it, it can lead to some hurt feelings and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, top
1: 10 is probably going to be the hardest it's, thing. It's
0: going to be. It's going to be, hopefully, you know, if the list is done thoroughly and well, which we have no reason to think it won't be, it, it's going to be a list of some just stalwart restaurants. And there's, again, there will be some places that don't make it that serve well, great barbecue. To be some surprises, you know. Yeah, they're, absolutely. They're doing, yeah. And so, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it, you know, we're looking forward to seeing you know, how the list comes together and, and, and all that good stuff, and it, it'll be a lot of fun for all of us, and I'm sure that, you know, that summer 2021, hopefully, you know, and I hope they do the Passport again, because that was a lot of fun for a lot of people. That was great. Yeah. You know, it, it, and not even just for the Yeti prizes, but just the fact that it got so many people out eating barbecue in places and seeing parts of Texas that they might never have otherwise mm-hmm. seen. And so, yes, if, if that happens again in 2021, I'm sure we'll it got be, you people know, to
1: places like Tyler's and Pody's, yep. um, you know, and, and Vera's, um, it got people out to those corners of Texas yeah. that they would have never gone to otherwise. So yeah. it was a great, it was a great service to those restaurants and, and really, I'm sure they appreciated Texas Monthly a lot. We had a lot of fun chasing everything down. Absolutely. It was the launch of the it show
0: out. was, was, was that yeah. last list. And so. We're looking forward to seeing what's on that next list, and you know, it's uh, it'll it'll be a thrill to, you know, to get to watch how it comes together, and and to you know, go out and see the places. I mean, granted, we we'll, we'll have been to a vast majority of the places, I'm sure, but I'm, i I have no doubt there will be places on that list that we haven't been to. So we're uh, we're looking forward to it, and hopefully you guys are too. And we'll see uh, what that next list entails.
1: And here's to 2020.
0: Yeah. So. Thank you guys as always for listening. Um, if you've got more questions for us, spit them on out. Uh, Tales from the Pits is our Instagram handle at BBQ Podcast on Twitter. Tales from the Pits at gmail.com is our email address. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast listening app. It does help more people get become aware of the show and it helps us let us know how you know how we're doing. So we uh, we really appreciate all the support, and we're looking forward to a really fun year with uh, some more cool stuff down the pipe for you guys.
1: You said all the cool stuff, but uh, thanks for listening.